Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. So guys, welcome to the podcast and uh, uh, congratulations again for winning. I, I believe this award is really, really, really a cool award. And Deb and I have this like massive joy that you, we got to give it to both of you. Uh, the Bomars, Heather Bomar, Brian Bomar, uh, each the 2019 recipients of the Life Ma- Lifetime Mastery Achievement Award. Yes. And the youngest recipients. Ever. 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 They, it, the, it may never again be she, broken. She's still she 38. When she gets <laughs> I know. I was like, well, I'm 38. I guess I'm done. She was, and, uh, so what's next? We've got this like, well, here's what's next. What's next is whatever got you here. You guys got to keep doing it because life has this way of throwing us curveballs and challenges and whatnot. And even though it, uh, you know, it feels so good to watch you guys as a husband and wife with four kids under the age of 10, just crush it, leadership operations. You're doing so much volume, Heather and Brian, you know, to, to look at all the LOs that are under your leadership, both of you just knocking out 200 loans a, a year plus each. It's just, uh, it's exceptional. So I'd like to just capture your comments at the uh, at the end of uh, the 27th annual Sales Mastery event. You guys have been a part of the fabric for a long time. We've watched you guys take high trust in your market. And uh, so, Heather, let's start with you. What are your your biggest observations of the of uh, uh, the last four days? And uh, talk to uh, talk to our listeners. Talk to our universe. You know, I thought. It was really inspiring, and I don't know, I just remember being in that seat for the first time however many years ago, and just getting a chat with so many people, because I had just so many different people come up to me and just tell me their story and basically say, um, actually, I had a girl today, she said, she goes, I'm building my iceberg right now. She goes, I just want to build your iceberg. <laughs> like She's <laughs> like, you've already done all this, all these things. Um, like, you follow the plan. Like, I just want to follow that plan, too. And so I kind of got, got to chat with her through that and kind of tell her my path um, and kind of my story on that. So that was really neat. But hearing that over and over as far as just people, you know, they just have that spark. Like this has sparked something in them. And they see like, oh, okay, this is a different way. Um, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, salesy. It can, it can be based on relationships and high trust. And it's just different. Yeah. And they see the, the difference in that. And so it was really fun to hear that because it was like listening to my my younger, my younger, just starting out self, um, all over again. So, so my, my younger starting off self was like 22, 20, I think my first sales master I came to, I was 24. Wow. 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 That is awesome. It's got to feel great to have somebody say what they said to you, that you have given me the path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Babe, you had something. No, I just, for people who don't know Heather, and Brian Bomar, why don't you give them a little bit of background of what major rock stars both of these two are, really? So I would uh, I would I would say this about Heather and Brian: um, watching the passion behind, the vision behind, and the discipline behind building something of quality and something that not only impacts literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of consumers probably on a, a monthly basis when you look at their entire ecosystem, but watching the commentary from people that trust Brian and Heather as leaders basically say there's no way we would ever be able, nor would we want to leave them. 
And for me, it's like, that doesn't happen very often. It's not often that, that people who have leaders say, I am never, ever leaving this leader. And for me, what that means is that you guys care at the highest level possible. You make doing business easier compared to anybody else that's out there. And that's because of you guys. It's, it, it's not your company. It's not what state you work in. It's not in, it's because you guys have created an OS that allows people to do what they are really passionate and paid to do. And I think that's, that's the Brian and Heather. I know, I, I know Brian started very early on with a, a side visit to, to one of our, you know, amazing friends, Tim Broadhurst. And I know that that kind of started him down that path. And then Heather got into mortgages before Brian did, but Brian was a systems guy and Heather was the mortgage girl. And then they started competing. And then Brian says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do the ops thing and, and build the system. And Heather just kept going and, it's just been amazing to watch the impact that you guys have made. Tell everybody just collectively what your team, the whole thing has done year to date. Uh, yeah. So, so we, right now we've got 20, I think 24 loan officers in eight, in three States and, um, year to date through, we're probably at around 3000 units for them. And some of those have come on just recently. So it kind of messes up the averages if you're following the math there. Yeah, we, we, I think, um, you know, our average, like when you look at month over month is we're probably averaging about 16 units per loan officer right now. And then in my region total per month, yeah, per month, yeah. yeah 16 yeah. per month. And in the region, we've got uh, 24 LOs, but the total team size is about 140. So those 24 loan officers have 116 people supporting them um, between you know, all the ops staff and, uh, we've, we've got really heavy teams. Um, and when we, when we talk about a team, it's not a bunch of loan officers all doing business and putting it in one person's name. Um, it's all of our loan officers are, are getting all of their own business and, and we're bringing in team members who specialize in one part of the assembly line that handle things at a high level for them to free them up, to go focus on going and getting more business and, and also having the quality of life because I've, you know, uh, just being in this industry a lot, you see a lot of people who are financially successful that are not successful in the other areas. And when I see that, um, I obviously have a lot of empathy when I see that, but it, it also makes me think, is that success really success if everything else is falling apart? Um, and so it's been really important for me to, to ensure that the way that we do business, I, I, I wanna do business at a high level. I wanna do a lot of business. I wanna do it well. Um, but I don't want to do it in a way that that's crushing us. It's killing us. It's stripping all the good out of the other aspects of life. Boy, that is a, that is a takeaway right there to, to not do business to the extent it strips away all the other goodness in life. And I think that it's, it's really interesting. One of the things, Heather, that you said this week when you were on stage sharing your heart and everything is, is that idea of, of full engagement. Can you unpack that for anybody that wasn't at mastery, the idea that went at work and mm. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, just when, you know, as a mom of four little kids and a wife, um, you have got these two worlds that I'm balancing. And so when I'm at the office, you know, I run really, really hard um, starting Sunday night. And Sunday night is just me getting my mind ready for the week. You know, I'm not, you know, staying up late. I'm not still watching Netflix. Like, I am following my routine. We're in bed by, you know, 9 o'clock. Um, and then I'm up super early the next morning. I'm you know, again, this is not for everyone, but I'm up at 4 a.m. 
and I'm following my routine for the day. And so when, when I'm at work, I am at work. That's my, in my zone. I've got my game face on and that's where my, where I'm at. And then that allows me when I get home to fully be at home. Um, when I'm at home, I want to be present, um, you know, cell phone in the other room. And as I mentioned on stage, I mean, occasionally I break that rule and I hate it when I break that rule. Um, cause it's a great rule. And so just to have that separation, yeah. Yeah. I think what's really critical about that is, is this word concentration, right? And, mm-hmm. and when, where you are, be there, that's the art of concentration. And it's like, we talk all the time in productivity, you can't multitask. Multitasking is, you know, dividing your energy to, to, to two or more things. And it's like, why would you then try to multitask your relationships? Why would you mm-hmm. multitask business and life and try to do both of those at the same time when both get robbed? Right. right. Business gets robbed of your, your professional energy and, and then, uh, off the job personal gets robbed because of your professional interruption. And so this black and white kind of separation, I don't think a lot of people really understand that you not only can you do that, you should do that. And it is the way to remain emotionally, spiritually, physically, maritally, and, and financially probably healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and it was like watching, watching when Heather said that it was just like everybody in the audience was going, Wow, she's up at four and home by two thirty, and it was just like. So, what struck you, babe, as you as you listen to Heather and and watch this happen? Um, well, Heather and I had lunch. Uh, I don't know about a, a month and a half ago, and so give people an idea of your schedule, like your work week. How many days are you a mom? How many days are you an LO? Because it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this summer, so. Spring, it was a little bit different. Spring, I was really Monday through Wednesday, just hardcore. And Thursday, I was more remote. Um, it was kind of half taking care of, I kind of split the day in two on mm-hmm. those Thursdays. And half was taking care of the personal stuff. That way, I could be ready for Friday through Sunday with my family. And then half was just taking care of, you know, wrapping up the week, my yeah. work week. Um, on once the summer hit, I went Monday through Thursday and you know up at four morning routine and i talked about my recent switch where i'm in the office by 5 30 or 6 and that's allowed me to have a really creative and um, full battery mental space to put towards my most important work and then once eight o'clock hits then i'm you know i'm already way ahead of the day mm-hmm. and i'm ready for my team i'm ready for any calls to make um, and then between eight and twelve i want to do all my most important work and then 12 to 2.30, 2.45, it's going to be more reactive, um, meaning things I've already scheduled ahead of time that are going to automatically happen because they're already scheduled. And so one-on-ones with my team, team meetings, yeah. uh, might be a partner lunch, things like that, where the proactive things are going to happen 8 to 12, like partner calls, um, anything that takes me just doing it. Um, and then 2.45, I leave and go to the gym, gym at 3.15, done by 4.15, and then I get to go home and um, just be in a good headspace for my kids um, once it's time for family dinner. So. I love it. I love it. I love starting the day well. You know, how you, how you, how you start the day has so much to do with how you go through the day. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And I think people need to own that. I mean, Brian, you, you're, you're really about efficiency. You're really about kind of planning and, and organization. Um, as, as Heather's you know, husband and, and co-parenting four kids under the age of 10, and then looking at your LOs and their productivity. What is your contribution to this podcast on just efficiency and owning the day? Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> we, we actually had our, our, uh, retreat a week or two ago with all of our loan originators. And, uh, one of the things that we, we talked about was, um, this kind of idea, like hard things, um, 
you always want to put off hard things. And so what, one of the things that we've been working on with all of our originators, uh, it's something that I've just kind of learned through habit is like when a hard thing comes up, just, just dive in and handle it. Um, and then be done with it. And you know, of course there's, there's the book, eat that frog that, that kind of encapsulate that, that concept. But you know, the hard thing's not going to get easier by you putting it off, by you waiting. And a lot of times those are the things that eat up everything. And so we're trying to get people to do the things that they need to do. And that, that sounds like a simple thing to say, but it's actually, there's a lot that goes into it because people have all these narratives. They have all these excuses. They've got all of these reasons why they can't just do the thing they need to do, but really it's just hard and, and they're, they're avoiding it. They're avoiding the pain. They're avoiding the, the conflict, the, the awkwardness of whatever it is. And, um, you know, and for me, like just how I've learned that is because when you, when you have 140 people on a team, all the easy things are handled. Like the only things that come to me are hard things. And so if I, if I wanted to avoid them or procrastinate or delay, nothing would ever get done. Um, but so just trying to get people to, to do that. And then it, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, but, but it's related. Stick with me. Um, I really hate waste. I hate waste. And most people that hate waste, they think about it in terms of like leaving the lights on, right? Oh, we're wasting electricity, turn that off. And, or, you know, you're printing unnecessary paper, you're wasting that paper. And um, I, I don't really think think about those things. Electricity is pretty cheap. Uh, paper's pretty cheap. I can get more paper and more electricity really, really easily. Um, but, but I look at some of our loan originators and I think the, the, the value, the immense value is their life. And, and I want them to not waste their life. Wow. And so, you know, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if this industry will look the same in 10 years as it does today. There, there's a lot of things I don't know, but what I do know is that we have today. And while we have today, let's not waste today because we make excuses and get ourselves involved in all these unnecessary things. Let's actually just do the things that move the needle, you know, and, and one of the reasons why I love Sales Mastery and High Trust Sales Academy so much is because uh, a lot of times people will hide their beliefs, tell them that something's impossible. So then they build excuses around those beliefs. And so if we can come in and shatter those beliefs and say, no, these things are possible. It, it really does work. Um, then they can't hide behind that anymore. Yeah. They're exposed. And we actually, we had a newer originator in our, in our, in our group um, just a week ago said, you know, the thing that is kind of creepy about being here is I can't have any excuses because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I funded four loans last month and, um, you know, I've, I've got this originator sitting right next door to me that took 52 prequels last week. You know, and I took eight last month. And so obviously maybe I, maybe I'm not that person, but I can definitely be doing more. Um, you know, I, I want to take off on something, you know, we ended today talking about seeing the words within the words, Yeah. you know, and, and you look at impossible and there, there's two things that you can do with that word. Um, the first is just drop the I am, mm -hmm. you know, so, so if we just drop I am, then everything is possible. And the, the more beautiful thing is, what if we just put an apostrophe between the I and the M and just start saying, I'm possible. Yeah. You know, I am possible. My, my best life is possible. My, my belief is not impossible. I'm possible. I, I am the architect of the possibilities in my life. And I just think it's so interesting to see how people let these words stack up and, and dis, dis, disempower them and infect their mindset. 
and you guys both have super positive attitudes and I think attitude is, is actually the doorway through which everybody achieves their greatness. I think at the end of the day, if you, if you can't see the good in a bad and you can't see the good in doing what is hard because nobody else will do what's hard, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible for you to achieve your, your potential. Yeah. And the thing that, um, you know, like I, I wake up every day and know that anything that I have that's good, someone else wants. Right. Hmm. And so I just, that's the way the world is. Like if you have something good, particularly in business, someone else wants it. Um, and so you don't get hung up about that. You don't get offended. You you just say, okay, I've just got to be better than them. Um, but, but everything in that's good in life comes through struggle. There's not, there's no easy ground left. There's nothing easy that's left out there that you're not going to just have an idea one day, write it down, and you're going to become a millionaire. That, that just doesn't exist. And so just kind of embracing the pain, embracing the struggle, saying, you know, this is just going to be hard, and you kind of change your mindset. Not that it's hard, therefore I'm not going to do it. It's hard, so that is definitely the right way to do it um, because nothing, nothing that's left out there that's good is easy. Everything that's good that's out there is hard. Kind of reminds me of what we, you know, when we talk about the hard road and the easy road, you know, the hard road's a hard road because it's hard. It's hard to get on. It's hard, it's hard to stay on. The easy road is the easy road because it's easy to get on and it's easy to stay on because it's the road of complacency and apathy and excuses and all that we've talked about. I think what's really interesting about, it, about hard is, is anything hard done gets just a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to understand that on the other side of hard is, is easy. You know, the, the I use the example of learning how to land airplanes. It was really hard, uh, and I landed hard. You know, I, I landed hard enough where it was like a concern to the, the my instructor. And 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 now, you know, the hard thing a you know, hundred times after doing the hard thing, landing now is is very easy. Yeah. So on the other side of hard is easy, but you got to get through the mental barrier to do hard, which is why I love what you've just said. So yeah. We've got a, I've got another company I'm involved with, a tech company, and that, that was much harder than I anticipated. But I, I talk to the team all the time. I say, today is the hardest it'll ever be. Like, it, it'll still be hard, but it won't be this hard because we'll be better. We'll mm. be a little bit better. We'll be a little bit stronger. Oh, I love that. A little bit more resources. We'll be a little bit wiser. So today is the hardest it'll ever be, and today's easier than yesterday. Um, as long as you do it, today is the hardest it'll ever be. Like, it'll, it'll always just be getting a little bit easier because you'll mm. be getting better. I love it. I love it. So, so um, not only are you guys super alpha alpha achievers, uh, there's a great romance here and a great marriage. Um, and you, so talk for a minute about not only how you do you parent for adorable, wonderful children, but, <laughs> but how do you make time for yourself with these, all the other things you're doing? Um, we, oh, first, I mean, Brian's my best friend and probably sounds cheesy, but I love him more today than I did yesterday. And anyway, all of that. And yeah, we're really intentional. I think probably intentionality is probably the key there. Um, you know, we'll make time for you know, probably bi-weekly dates, weekly dates, depending on where we're at. Um, and then, you know, we came early. You know, when we went to Sales Mastery, we came a couple days early just so we could have a little weekend together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have time each night. You know, that's part of our evening routine where we have about an hour just to chat and catch up and um, the kids are already in bed. So I think just intentionality. Um, and then you want to comment? Well, and, and you, you mentioned this in your talk, but we also, um, and 
we're blessed. We have the resources to do this, but we, the house is taken care of when we get home. So mm, we're right. not, you know, feeding the kids a bowl of cereal while we're doing laundry. Like those, those things are done. And so when we get home, there's no work left to do. It's only being present with the kids and then with each other. Yeah. Right. That, I, I just, I just want to say one of the things that came out is if you do the hard things on the job and, and you, you are more effective with your production on the job, you should have and must have less off the job stress. There's no, there's no, it is counterintuitive to think that I would, I would do all of this on the job to be super, super effective. And then I would come home to disarray. Right. You know, so the idea of having a, a, a business team, and as you said, a home team, mm -hmm. and everybody will have the resources at some level to have some help off the job, if you desire it, by being more effective on the job. And uh, you start to look at the pricelessness of time and what you said about wasting life. And we got to take that, as Deb brought up, all the way to we have you have four kids mm -hmm. you know, we have two kids. We, we need to make sure that they don't lose their life. And I'm not talking about the, I mean, I guess in some cases you could, you could worry enough about your kids that you don't want them to lose their physical life, but we don't want to have them learn anything other than how to not waste their life ultimately. Now that takes a long time for, you know, kids that are under 10 to understand that. And, and our kids that are over 20, they're still trying to figure that out. Right. But at the end of the day, you can't, you can't be off the job and be present in your personal life unless you have some of those things compartmentalized and you guys have done that. So great. All right. 60 seconds, your final thought to the world. Life, li <laughs> life, liberty, and the pursuit Trouble, of happiness. Please. Oh my goodness, no pressure. <laughs> um, you know, just speaking out there to, I guess, the, maybe the families and the moms that want to have the balance. Um, you know, you can start small. I mean, I didn't start with every perfect thing in place. Um, you know, I started by hiring my first cleaning lady and, um, and then also just mapping out your evening routine with your family. Like, yeah. what does that look like? Hmm. Um, versus just riding the waves of the day and just things happening as they happen. I mean, that's fine for the weekend or whatever, but if you want intentional time with your family and intentional um, space in your day, I think just mapping it out. Like yeah. What, do, what do I want? Just like we map out our business vision and yeah. our business plans. Yeah. Um, when you map it out like that, like you're going to be automatically drawn towards that and you're going to have much more likely success by doing so. And so just doing that. Um, and then just like little life, life hacks. I mean, do your online grocery shopping, um, dry cleaning pickup. I mean, just like little things like that, but that adds up. Um, it all adds up. You know, it's so interesting to, to just think, you know, we do that time analysis in the academy, right? And figure out how many hours a week you're wasting on stuff that is not essential in terms of making money for you. You need to do the same thing off the job. What are the things you do? And are you dollarizing the emotional equity that's costing you? Mm -hmm. And that's all I did yeah. is I just yeah, yeah. dollarized that's my all time. You yeah, yeah. Brian, your final thoughts uh, on this whole idea of life, love, liberty, and the Lifetime <laughs> the Mastery Achievement Award? Of yeah. happiness. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought, I thought it was appropriate on the award that, um, that we both won it because I don't think that I would uh, have accomplished nearly what I have without her. And I think that's true. Vice nice for, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we really are a team. Better um, together. We, you know, she works with her production. I work with now our region. And so we're not like in the same office every day. 
uh, working on the exact same problems, but it, it's still, I, we would just, are, we're so much better together. So um, that's one thing. And then, you know, I, the more, the higher up I, I kind of grow in leadership, you know, I think that if somebody really wants to, to get a skill that's going to pay dividends and everything, it's just learning how to lead well, learning to be, mm-hmm. how to have courage to show appreciation, to, to grow in emotional intelligence, to understand the way that their actions and words and um, responses are f- affecting their team to bring mm-hmm. the best out of their team and just creating a healthy culture and a healthy environment where people are excited to come in every day and they're excited about who they get to be a part of. Um, almost all, I'd say probably 70% of the problems that I deal with anymore just all boil down to people um, struggling at leading well and then picking up all the pieces that that come out of that and so you know just really kind of working on you know is you know people don't people don't really this is there's always exceptions to everything but for the most part people don't quit jobs they quit bosses right um and uh you know i also tell people like hey if, if you think you're leading just look behind you if no one's following you you're just going for a walk you know <laughs> he's not actually line, leading yeah. and yeah. um so just just growing in leadership skills and, and becoming the best leader you can and really i think of what is leadership well it's really just it is casting a vision but it's bringing the best out of people getting them to perform at a higher level than what they thought was possible for themselves. that really starts with the individual you know self-leadership is the most important leadership there is yeah, yeah. so so babe final thoughts uh we love you <laughs> Love you. you are just such a bright light in